Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I've never wanted to sleep with Martha Stewart more than I do right now. Welcome to Nanny Gremlin Spiral. I am Heather Lee Armstrong. Ooh, and it's Echoey. And I am John R. Bray without any echo. Oh, no shit. <laughs> can you, do you hear your own voice? I can, I can hear the echo. One second. Let me just oh, go over here. Let's see. This is all going to, and I apologize for this, but I'm trying to find a place in the house that um, I can go when the cleaning person comes. And you would think, I mean, it's not a small home, but nothing is uh, not echoey. Nothing is not echoey. Nothing is not echoey. Okay. Um, And I'm right next to the laundry right now. Ah, uh, yeah. This prompted me to ask you a question. About laundry? Yeah. We talk about Let's laundry a lot. We do. Okay. I, I almost wanted to crowdsource this on Twitter, but I was going to ask people, what is the right amount? How often should you be changing the sheets on your bed? I do it every week. I've heard weekly. I've heard every other week. I honestly don't really know. Martha Stewart does it every day. Okay. Well, first of all, I think Martha Stewart has someone do it for her every day. <laughs> and they're ironed. I've never wanted to sleep with Martha Stewart more than I do right now. <laughs> I, I, that just seems, that's weirdly unnecessary. And environmentally yeah, she terrible. she made a case for it. Yeah. I mean, environmentally very terrible, but... Um, and, uh, I mean, we, we talked about the whole, uh, how many people, how many hand, uh, hand towels and bath right. towels did you have? Right. So now I am the sister wife who's in charge of laundry. I call that if I ever have to do a sister wife situation. Okay. So I'm the, the sister wife who will do the laundry. However, there's six beds in this house. And folding all of the those sheets and pillowcases and the fitted sheets, all of that is hard when you've got arthritis in both wrists. Oh yeah, <laughs> and even even without that, it's just it's like, really time consuming. It's really time consuming, and it's just a lot of tedious work. And it's like the one thing that I don't want to fold because it hurts. <laughs> okay, but aside from the pain, it's a very satisfying. Um, it is very satisfying to have a row of sheets sitting there on the shelf looking all very prim and proper. Yes, it is. Absolutely. But it's hard. Okay. But what was her reasoning for, for every day? Germs. Yeah. That, okay. But yeah, I think that just seems, so does she wash like every towel, hand towel, I'm everything, sure every single day? That, yeah. And the reason this sort of came up is I was reading Reddit, right? We talked about Reddit last week. Um, right. And someone was talking about uh, naturopaths because I was trying to do some research about that. Um, and someone, they were going off. They were like, they, they hated them. And they're, you know, snake oil salesmen. And somebody said that her friend had really terrible acne and went to a naturopath who gave her all sorts of supplements and all this shit to do and it never worked and she was like you know what just wash your fucking sheets just wash your fucking pillowcase and you'll be fine there's so many germs and oil on it as if that's gonna solve the girl's acne problem yeah i actually it's funny that you bring that up because i just within the last month or two read something about how pillowcases leading to acne are largely a myth unless you have just a filthy filthy pillowcase oh really did you read that it's a myth 
Yeah, I mean, unless, like I said, if it's like you've got sheets yeah. on the bed for two months and it's all soiled, but otherwise it's really not. And especially if it's acne, acne. Like that's yeah. a bigger issue than just the fabric on your pillow. Like I can I can see like a blemish maybe. Sure. But yeah. Well, yeah, I think too, maybe. there's so many factors. Like if you if you shower only in the morning, and not not before you go to bed. Like I think that's different because there's obviously like the oils on your skin. If you use hair products that don't get washed out. Mm-hmm. I think for women, like if you don't remove all your makeup, like there's all of these things I think that can contribute to your sheets and needing to be cleaned more frequently. Yes. We could get into a hygiene situation. Oh my god. Conversation. Oh, we totally could. <laughs> oh my god first of all what is it with children not wanting to bathe or take a shower i have i have cleared that i have cleared that hurdle now the issue is just i'm just skeptical on the quality of the shower yeah like lexton has he's got hair like he's got really thick great hair and he'll get get downstairs from the shower, and I look at his head. And I'm like, how how is that drier than mine? <laughs> and I have way less hair than you do. Like, there's, I, it's not, it's not possible. So I don't know if he's just got to the point where he's like hurrying so much that things aren't getting done well. Mm-hmm. But oh god, the, I don't know. Maybe I already mentioned this, but there was. This was like in the summer and I had cleaned the bathroom and to clean the shower, I take out like all the products, right? So you can clean all the surfaces and I did not put them back. I think I put them in like the bathroom closet while I was cleaning and I didn't put them back. And that evening, Lexton took a shower as normal, came downstairs. Then later that night I went up to shower and realized there were no products in the shower. So initially I like think that's fine, I'll just grab them. And as I'm pulling them out, I'm like, what the what the fuck did he use to clean? So I I'm like, what did you do? There was nothing in the shower. He's like, oh. Yeah, you're right. I didn't even notice. I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay, you're you're gonna shower again. Because that makes me want to throw... Like, how do you not even realize it? Did you just stand in the water and, like... Yeah. Like, uh, I don't like to take... I think we've talked about this. I don't take long showers. I get claustrophobic in hot water. Right. Um, And so I'm I'm very efficient, but I use a lot of products. And Lita is pretty quick about things, although she shouldn't be because she has so much hair. And I have emphasized again and again and again that lathering the shampoo is really important to get the oil out of her hair. And I don't know, she's just going to have to learn that as she goes along um, because she has so much. Marlo likes to just stand underneath the water for very, very, very long periods of time. Was she a big bath kid? Yes. Okay, yeah. We have a hot tub and she'll get in it probably four times a week. And by just, herself. Just chill. Oh yeah. Uh, she loves it. That's we have awful. a really big we <laughs> we have a really big bathtub in our bathroom. It's luxurious and I've used it twice. Twice? Yeah. Since you moved in, so like twice in a year. Yeah. Okay. Because I don't like to take baths. I don't either, yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful because there's windows all around it. Um, but Marlo takes a bath in it all the time. And we also have a really, really, really old boiler that doesn't produce a lot of hot water. So we have to be very careful with how many showers are taken a day and how long they are. And it's a big deal here, making sure that people don't stink. <laughs> But we shouldn't have to to do that. I know. I feel like I, I maybe know. I was just a weird 
case as a teenage boy where I was like aware that, you know, you start to sweat and you need to shower more frequently. But I'm kind of, I mean, like you said, with, with Lita, maybe she just has to figure it out. That's sort of the point I've reached with Lexton. And a friend of mine, he said the same thing. He's like, when I was a teenager, I didn't, I didn't give a shit. Like I didn't pay attention yeah. to it. It didn't matter. And he's like, then some of my friends told me I smelled and I started <laughs> taking more care of my body. I'm like, well then if that's what needs to happen, then fine. Like, I don't, I don't know what else to do. Right. I mean, they're at an age where they should be doing and taking care of you. I mean, they're at an age where we should not be having to say to them, you need to take a shower. Right. Please go put on some deodorant. Like it's, they need to have crossed that threshold at this point. I would, I would think, I mean, I'll even accept having to remind, like, you know, it's bedtime in an hour. You need to, you need to take a shower before you go to bed. But when you have to ask questions like, did you use soap? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, don't I will know. say he's, he spends less time now than he used to. He used to be like Marlo. He would just be like 45 minutes. Yeah. I mean, he would just stand and sing and do whatever. And honestly, <laughs> I, I love showers, but I, I'm like you. I'm really efficient, like in and out. I enjoy them. I enjoy being clean, but I don't want to just stay in there. It feels like a waste of time. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of water. And again, I get really, really, really claustrophobic. I also i am going to admit to this and people are going to be like flipping out. <laughs> So it's really, 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 really dry in Utah. So bo- both girls and I suffer. We don't know what the, what the condition is. We've even talked to her pediatrician. Our lips get really, really dry. Okay. And nothing helps. Carmex, Blistex, um, Aquaphor, uh, vitamin E oil, all of that. We've tried everything and nothing helps us because the, the air is so dry. And actually, if we use something on our lips, it makes it worse. Really? And see, I didn't experience, I got to wear, I got to wear lipstick every single day when I was in France, which is not something that I can do here because my lips will peel off of my face. (laughs) Sounds hot. (laughs) Well, and I'm going to say this, John Armstrong needs to stop commenting about it to Lita. Like he, whenever he sees her, like one of the first thing he says is, oh, your lips are dry again. And it's like, no shit, Sherlock. Yes. We know, <laughs> it's, we know that her lips are dry. We've done everything we possibly can. That's yeah, that's pretty extreme. I mean, we're the same in the winter. Like it gets really dry, but, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, chapstick will work just fine. No, no. Chapstick will almost, we almost have an allergic reaction to it. And it's all three of you. Wow. That's really interesting. Isn't that weird? And we, no one can tell us. No one knows. Oh, somebody had a um, a theory that it could be toothpaste, the toothpaste that we're using. But I changed toothpaste and did nothing. That's a really good theory, actually. I wouldn't have even considered that. Huh. So I stopped using that lotion on my body because I it dries my skin out. <laughs> lotion. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So just sensitivity to an extra layer. I guess that's not that surprising. I mean, most lotion has so many things that you really don't necessarily need. Yeah. And I was using like hypoallergenic, you know, super clean stuff. And my elbows would get so cracked that I wouldn't be able to wear long sleeve shirts or like you know, when you're leaning up against your desk, reading something, oh, I yeah. couldn't put my elbows on the desk. Damn. And so a friend of mine who, who does my eyebrows and whatnot, she's like, stop using lotion. Um, she's like, you know, you need to moisturize your face, of course, but don't do it on the rest of your body. And so I also don't wash my face, but once a day. Okay. Because, because it'll totally dry and crack and yeah, it's terrible. So I don't feel like that's, I mean, I think a lot of what I hear is morning and night, mm-hmm. but once a day feels fine. I think so much of it is just dependent on your skin. Mm-hmm. Like I, I had a friend all the way through college who had 
just phenomenal complexion. I knew him for probably a decade. I don't think I ever saw him get a blemish ever. And one day I asked him, I said, what the, what do you use? How is that even possible? He said, oh, it's just dial bar soap. I'm like, <laughs> you, huh? Like the cheapest, the cheapest possible bar soap you can find. Mm-hmm. He said, yeah, I've been using it forever. It's always worked. Yeah. I, I would die if I tried that. <laughs> exactly. I, there's there's exactly. no way that would ever work for me. No. Oh. So do you use face lotion? Because I, I know a lot of people who use like coconut oil, which I don't know if that works. Oh my God, no. I, I no. see. That's my reaction. No. If I would like a, a giant red face of like 70 pimples, I would use coconut oil. Right, like overnight. Yeah, I I use a very gentle cleanser. I take my eye makeup off, I use a gentle cleanser, and then I use a very gentle lotion. And that's, you know... And then I've been sent all these, like, serums. <laughs> As you get older, they start to send you, like, anti-aging eye serum. Oh, yeah. Face tightening serum. I don't know, like... I've tried some stuff, but I never see a, 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 a huge difference in anything. It's like supplements. It's like, can you really tell if they're working? Yeah. And I, I, I feel like some people they work really well for and some they don't, but I don't know if it's, if there's a really strong mental component, like placebo mm-hmm. component. Like I, I know yeah. these supplements are going to work and therefore they do. Right. Which sounds weird, but I don't know. I feel like that's that has to play in. It has to. But those serums, as you get older, I feel like they're they're so specific. Like a serum for just by the bridge of your nose, and a serum yeah. just for the corner of your eyes. And how would you how would you ever have time to apply twenty five different serums that might work and that are all really expensive? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like they they come in bottles that are like. <laughs> Point point zero 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 two ounces, yeah. Ugh. Or we could just age and have some wrinkles. <laughs> I mean, who wants that? Seriously, we've like demonized the aging process. Mm-hmm. Completely. But there's no way that I could go without a face lotion in the winter. It, I just I couldn't. It's too dry. And if Utah's like that year round, I can't even imagine year-round well it's worse in the winter it's not nearly as bad as in the summer but it's still bad after i ran the marathon the boston marathon when i got really really down and i thought okay maybe my thyroid is out of whack or i have like adrenal fatigue or um they tested um, my levels and my vitamin d was basically non-existent so they put me on a vitamin d pill that (laughs) like i've never seen a number that high on a pill bottle. Oh, wow. It was like super like charged vitamin D and I had to take it for 10 days. And then I had a regimen where I had to buy stuff on Amazon that was like 5,000, whatever. Right. And I didn't feel anything. No, I didn't feel anything. No. Yeah. That's, (laughs) I wanted to feel better, but I didn't. Yeah, I, I take, both Lexton and I take vitamin D. Like started, I don't know, a month ago when there's less daylight and less sunshine and because it's supposed to help. It's kind of supposed to help your mood like mm-hmm. as the daylight decreases. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And I have several, several friends who take it every fall and winter all the time. Even this year, I had friends texting me saying, don't forget to start taking vitamin D. And every, every fall we start and take it. And after a while, it's like this shit isn't doing anything. I I really want it to, I really want to feel better, but it's, it's just not cutting it. What about B12? Have you, are you taking B12? I'm not taking B12. Do I need to take B12? They say that the B12 is also a mood booster. Um, they can help you wake up. It can help you recover from um, hard partying. 
Good to know. Uh, yeah, but because of what I've been through recently, like I have a cabinet full of supplements that you've never heard of. I did three weeks of those supplements and nothing happened. Nothing. If anything, my, my, my symptoms have gotten worse. Wow, that's weird. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know how much I believe in... I don't know. I don't know. A, fr a friend of mine has a daughter who is in middle school. And this is... Oh, my God. She, she lives in Portland. And this is probably the single most Portland thing that could ever happen there. But the middle school sent out a letter to all the parents that they were having a problem because kids were exchanging medications that their parents have, like they were taking pills and then swapping them in school. Oh my God. So the parents freaked out, but, and it, and that, I, that is a big deal. I, I realize that, but what it turned out is that they weren't actually swapping medications. They were swapping like vitamin D fish oil, <laughs> Like all over-the-counter supplements. And I, I can't think of anything that feels more Portland to me <laughs> than that. Like if I got that letter home here in Chicago, I would immediately think it was like prescription drugs. Oh, yeah. But they're swapping fish oil. I would immediately run upstairs and hand lead a bottle of, of, of vitamin D and be like, this shit is good. Sell it at a premium. Oh, so great. That is so Portland. Oh, my God. <laughs> and I know oh there are God. risks to supplements and that kids could get hurt. I'm not minimizing that. It just, out of everything it could have been, that was pretty funny. That was really funny, actually. <laughs> so what now for you if the supplements aren't going aren't gonna to do it? What now for me? Um, I have attempted to get my medical records sent to my insurance company to get a prescription uh, covered or at least get a discount on it because it's $450 a month. However, that prescription stopped working about a week ago and I could not get the uh, GI to answer my phone calls or to send the information over. And I'm I'm containing my rage right now about all of it. I mean, I've been on the phone for hours trying to get that shit done. And it's it's malpractice is what it is. And the GI was decent, right? Originally. Um, he was fine. You know, he, he's the one that told me that 90% of his patients, we don't, we can't figure it out. 90% can't figure it out? Mm -hmm. He's like, I've been doing this for decades. And, you know, I would, I would, I would wager to say that 90% of the people who come in here, we can't figure out why their body hurts so much in their gut. And those don't seem like good numbers to me. No, mm -mm. but, it, but when you start to, when you dig into the forums about all of this, like people are, you know, they've been suffering for seven, eight, nine, ten 10 years and they have no answers. Wow. Yeah. Huh. There is a there are a couple of integrated clinics around here that are willing to dive deeper and take blood and check my thyroid and hormone levels because a lot can go wrong with a woman my age. And so, yeah, the next step is to go see my uh, gynecologist and have my yearly pap smear, which is such a lovely word. <laughs> it really is. Oh, there's a thing called pelvic inflammation. Um, Isn't there an acronym? Is it like pelvic inflammatory disease or something? It's the pelvic, pelvic inflammatory disease. Yes, exactly. So I am going to see her on Friday and have her, you know, run some tests and see what's going to get. Like, I want to rule that out before I spend any more money talking to somebody about my small intestine or... So nothing is wrong with my colon and nothing is wrong with my stomach. So it has to be something else going on. Right. But you can't get into the small intestine. It could all be down there. It could, you know, it's a condition called SIBO, um, small intestine bacterial overgrowth. Small intestine. Okay. 
where a whole bunch of bacteria gets stuck in your small intestine where it should not be, and it gets trapped inside sort of the folds of the small intestine. And whenever you eat food, it causes just terrible, terrible things to happen. Wow. Yeah, it's common in the sense that a lot of people have been diagnosed with it. A lot of people have been through antibiotic. It's a a really, really harsh antibiotic regimen. It's like four or five weeks long. Uh, there's supplements you can take to get rid of it, which are some of the supplements I was taking, but I don't know. Well, and again, it's, I guess there's probably a bunch of things you could theoretically do, but without knowing, without someone saying, this is definitely what you have. You don't really want to go through like a four week intense regimen and just hope. Oh yeah. There's all these stories of people who were diagnosed and went through the whole regimen and felt worse after. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I am sort of, I'm so hungry now. <laughs> I mean, I get so hungry because I can't eat. And there's something going on where toward the end of the day, I, I can eat a little bit more than normal and I'm okay. And I get so fucking hungry that... The idea of restricting my diet to, <sighs> I don't know, there are so, there's so much conflicting information about what you should eat and what you should not eat, depending on what your condition is. And I don't know what my condition is. And like, there's one, there's one theory that if you have SIBO, that you can't eat wheat bread, you can only eat white bread. <laughs> Rice is good for you. Like there's this whole list of things that you would think that you shouldn't be eating, but it recommends that you do. But then there's also this other, you know, have you heard of the FODMAP diet? I have not. It's basically um, foods that are high, that are high in fermentation. You're not, you're supposed to avoid, which is a very large list of foods. High in fermentation. Uh, yeah, they like ferment as you digest them. Huh, okay. And so I could go paleo, except that the idea of just eating a piece of chicken after I haven't eaten anything all day, like I want to tear open some goddamn cheddar nachos. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I've given a lot of thought to all of these diets because I feel like even if you don't have a condition that you're working with, everyone has different thoughts mm-hmm. on the way you should be eating and outside of like cruelty to animals, like just different thoughts about what the human body is meant to consume and how much and why. And, but I, I think, I honestly think it like it's person to person. Like if we could, if everyone could just get their DNA tested to figure out what foods don't work for them. I think it would vary so significantly mm-hmm. because you hear so many people talk about how you know, grain, grain is really unhealthy, but like, everybody in Asia survives and not everybody, lots of people in Asia survive on rice. Yes. Like it's a major part of the diet and they're fine. Like, Clearly, that's if if grain was terrible for everybody, that wouldn't be the case. And there's the um, is it Scott Jurek, mm-hmm. who's the the ultra marathoner who's vegan, right? He's the reason that I went vegan. Yeah, right. And it works really well for him. Mm-hmm. But there's other ultra runners that would never even consider that because it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. I follow this woman. She's got a blog i guess she i guess she's considered a mommy blogger but she lives in florida her name is drea ducklos i think is how you say her last name it's it's she's at oh dear drea and she has c diff celiac and not c diff which honestly i don't know what it stands for let me look um oh it's c diff colitis or oh. I'm not even going to try. Something to do with the colon. Colitis, Lots yeah. of super long words. And the only <laughs> thing, and she struggled with it for years. And she's now settled on almost 100% fruitarian diet. 
Mm-hmm. And that works for her. And it keeps the C. diff under control and she feels amazing. Wow. Which is great. But I think that doesn't mean that anyone with C. diff should become a fruitarian. Yeah. Like it might not, like you might try that and it might completely backfire or it might turn everything around in a positive direction for you. Yeah. You just don't know. (laughs) And diet changes take so much time for your body. Like you can't just eat nothing but fruit for three days and decide it's, it worked. Mm -hmm. Like it takes weeks, I think for your body to cycle out everything else and to start cycling in that new diet. And then if you realize it doesn't work, even if you stop, it takes weeks for it to cycle out. Yeah. It's a big, it's a big roll of the dice, honestly. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. I know so many people whose lives have been changed because they changed their diets. Um, Mine did uh, when I went paleo, but then of course I went from paleo to vegan, (laughs) It's a big change. Right. But it was, it was slow though. I mean, you know, I sort of very slowly cut out meat and then I was okay for a while, but then the marathon happened and this SIBO diet, you're not supposed to eat a lot of fruit. And so I don't want to, I'm, I'm staving off changing anything major in my diet until I get, until I can see a naturopath if I, if I need to, and they can say, let's, let's go this route because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I don't want to have gone through, you know, three weeks of not eating a single piece of bread for them to go, it, it's not the bread. It is, you know, this one thing that we can treat with an antibiotic. I don't know. Right. And again, this wasn't a problem in, in Europe. Like I ate bread all day long in Paris and it, I did, did not have this problem. Yeah. Right. And there's just so many factors like that we, I think without being like a dietitian, you don't necessarily pay attention to what is in each category. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you might decide to cut out this, but you don't cut out these other five things that are in that category for this weird abstract reason that you don't know about. Oh yeah. There's, um, they're called alcohol sugars, xylitol, which is in sugar-free gum. You're not supposed to, um, consume that if you have SIBO and guess how, and there's, there, there are other sugar alcohols that I, that I can't name off the top of my head. But if you look at the ingredients list on anything, I had to find, I had to search yesterday for a can of coconut milk that did not have an an alcohol sugar in it. Interesting. It's just an additive. Yeah. And I, and I don't even know if that, if, if that's the problem. So what I do is I just eat very small amounts when I can of every of everything i thought i was gonna go paleo and then i would get so hungry i would just start shoving uh rice rice crackers down my face (laughs) i get i'm an animal i become an animal i get so hungry yeah i think it just depends on on what works but also doing it not that you haven't been but doing it well like when i cut out all grain i felt great but i was very ill prepared to fill that void. Mm-hmm. So I was just not eating enough food. Mm-hmm. And then I was always hungry. 
And the easiest solution was to start incorporating grain back because I didn't know what else to do. Right. But I would hit a similar point where I was just, I wanted to eat everything in sight. (laughs) And I'd been eating like three meals a day and good, healthy food, but it was just not enough. Mm-hmm. Either not enough for me, just who I am, or for, you know, the running that I do or whatever, it didn't work. Yeah. I just, there's a part of me that feel, I felt like I had reached a point of moderation after my treatment where I was eating everything, but, you know, meat in moderation, you know, bread in moderation, a lot of, a lot of salad. I had a lot of salad. Um, and I enjoyed it and I felt good and I thought, okay, I've achieved a happy medium here and then all hell broke loose. So age, age, you just need a serum for that, Heather. (laughs) That's all. Oh, fuck. Just a serum. (laughs) I'm sure, I'm sure if you look, they make something that you can just like rub on the outside of your stomach. (laughs) It's supposed to seep in and fix it. I, I can guarantee oil. It. Yes. But there you go. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. CBD oil is supposed to calm your nerves and whatnot. Um, it is supposed to help with digestion, I believe. Some people use it for that. Um, but, I mean, I, ha- I, tr- I tried. I think I've told you. I tried every antacid. I tried Gas-X. I tried, um, I tried Omneprazole. A 14 day course of it didn't work. Um, yeah. And <laughs> I don't know. I'm laughing because this is ongoing, ongoing topic of conversation with me. And I apologize to all of you listening, but it's part of life. I think because of like my experience with food, I'm so less judgmental now when it comes to what people eat. Not that I was ever super judgmental about it, but I don't know. Like there, the other night, <laughs> we were leaving a friend's house, and I had been unable to eat all day. And it was eleven thirty-eight, and there's a place called El Alberto's. Um, it's a Mexican. It's like a really bad Mexican restaurant, but bad in the best way. Okay. And I was like, "Take me to Alberto's right now." <laughs> and then we went to the drive-through, and I got the super nachos and a vegetarian burrito and a whole thing of French fries. And I was able to eat two bites of the burrito and one of the nachos. And, but that's what I wanted to eat at that moment. And now I only, was it good? Oh yeah, it was fucking amazing. But then I had to stop eating because I I started to feel sick. Yeah, But this is the thing, is that if I had eaten a piece of chicken or a salad or even water at that point, I would have felt sick. Right, so you might as well eat what you enjoy. Yeah. I have realized that I am the sort of person that will order french fries on every menu. (laughs) Even if they have no business being on your menu, I will definitely order them. Yes, I am that person too. (laughs) Like, if I could order nachos and fries, yep, pizza and fries, also going to do that. Honestly, I would get, like, Thai food and fries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I ju- I, I'll just do it. And I won't even be disappointed if they're not great fries. I will still eat them. Yeah. The fries in France are actually really bad. <laughs> like, quality-wise, like, they're just not good fries? They're, like... They look good. They look good. They're frozen fries that they basically fry up. And we went to Amsterdam and had a completely different fry experience. Really? They, they, they fry them twice and they're homemade. They double fry in Amsterdam? They double fry. And they, Holy fuck. And oh, man. We walked past a, an actual fry place that you, you basically buy a, a, a basket of fries and you have like, there's like 17 different sauces you can put on top of it. Sounds like my kind of country. And they they have a window and you can see them inside chopping up the potatoes. And then you can see them frying them twice. And they were the most exquisite thing ever. Oh, God. Just yeah, that sounds pretty good. Yeah. So I, I like leftovers. I'm a huge leftover fan. In general or fries? All of it. Fries, not so okay. much because they get cold and soggy. 
Yeah, they turn weird. Yeah. It's very sad. But everything else, and I love cold leftovers. I don't, this is saying a lot about me. <laughs> I love cold leftovers, and so does Lita. And, you know, I finally found Lou that food that Lita will eat, and <laughs> she woke up the next morning, and I said, listen, there are, I have to go run some errands, and there are nachos in the refrigerator, and if you're going to eat them, I want you to at least leave me a couple of bites, please. <laughs> There's one time I brought them home, and I had planned to eat them the next day, and they were gone. Gone. The whole thing. That's always, that's so sad when you, like, you think they're there, mm -hmm. and you don't bother checking because you know they're there. You put them there. Yeah. And you're so set on it, and then they're not. I'm I'm the same way with the cold though. I mean, I know like cold pizza is a classic, but I I will eat leftover chili cold. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because it's it's better. I'm, I know people are going to disagree here, but it's better. There was a huge actually there was a huge debate on Twitter within the last couple of years because Josh Groban tweeted that out that. He knows it's terrible, but he really enjoys cold chili better than warm chili. And there are no people in the middle ground there. <laughs> no, nobody. So, I mean, there, there are a fair number of people that like cold chili, but, oh man, that debate raged on for a week. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to warm up my leftovers. I just don't. I, I know that makes me weird. I know that that's probably gross to, to most people, but I really like cold leftovers there's something about it something very satisfying about it yeah um and for some foods too though i feel like in part i might like it warm but there's there's either not a good way to warm it mm -hmm. without without like ruining the quality of it or the good way to do it is just so damn involved that i would rather eat it cold yeah i know <laughs> I just, it's not worth the effort. Like, I like it cold, so I don't need to go through anything else. I think that this is, like, a character trait of mine that Pete has sort of had to come to terms with. <laughs> the cold leftovers? Yes. Oh, man. I mean, I will eat cold spaghetti. Oh, yeah. I'll eat cold nachos. I'll eat cold burritos. Like, all of it. And he'll go, don't you want to warm that up? And I'm like, nope. Mm-mm. Don't try to convince me otherwise. <laughs> Some people won't eat leftover nachos at all because the texture of the chip changes. And I like I I don't I like it. I love that texture of chip. <laughs> okay. I absolutely I have I have made nachos and then let them cool and put them in the fridge so that I can eat cold nachos. Yeah. The They're texture so is good. awesome. Yeah. Oh, now <sighs> I want that. Damn it. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure that's weird, though. I'm pretty sure liking that strange chip texture is an odd thing, and I'm, I'm here to own it. Because it's damn good. It's so damn good and satisfying, and when you're hungry, it's so satisfying, that taste. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so we... Okay, here's the question, though. Okay. With nachos, are you like, like the queso cheese sauce style cheese or like actual cheese melted oh i'll do both i am do you not, have a preference i am super not picky but i do like the manufactured cheese a lot <laughs> <laughs> i will eat both now i'm trying i feel like i prefer the melted cheese like yeah like melted. not the manufactured cheese but oh i'll definitely eat i'll definitely eat either and i will not complain at all Mm -mm. No, we we went to Beaver Creek, Colorado. We left on Thursday morning. He had to speak at a, um, a conference. Oh, that's right. You were just there. Beaver Creek is a two-hour drive from Denver. <laughs> oh, man. Two-hour drive. Okay. Yeah. And two hours farther? Yes. You for land, you? Okay. Yeah, you land, at, you land in Denver, and then you have to drive two hours to get, to get there. And... I, of course, haven't eaten, and we had been up, I had been up since 5 o'clock that morning, and by, we landed at 2, 
And so by 2.30, I was just, I was, I was, I mean, you could hear my stomach was just screaming. So we, (laughs) he found a Mexican restaurant and got uh, French fries, uh, cheese fries, and nachos. Yeah. Uh And some tacos. And um, I was able to eat a couple of them. It was good. But yeah. I know. Yeah, we got to get this figured out so you can get back to nacho life. I know. And I know people are probably going to go, well, that's why you're so sick is you're eating fucking nachos, Heather. And it's like, no, you don't understand. Like everything I put in my mouth makes me sick. So. Yeah. And it's, it's easy for people to make that comment. And there are, I mean, I eat, I eat reasonably healthy, but there are definitely periods of time where I eat nothing but trash (laughs) for days and i mean i i pay for it in the sense that it's it's just it's shitty food but i don't get like miserably sick i still go about daily life everything's fine Mm -hmm. so it's it's not it's not that yeah maybe it would be that if you ate like that for two or three meals a day every day forever right but again it's I feel like I've said this before, but growing up, my mom always used to say everything in moderation, even moderation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's kind of, that's yeah. what I live by. I really, I, again, that's sort of where the point that I had come to, I don't eat dessert. I don't particularly enjoy dessert. Again, that's a very weird part. Of no, I, I don't either. I will avoid it most times. Yeah. I usually just sort of slide it across the table to Pete if, if we get served dessert anywhere. And I don't eat potato chips. I don't eat like Pringles or shit like that. I don't eat cereal. Um, you know, I, I the majority of my diet is really, really, really healthy. I will have the occasional, you know, rice cracker and hummus. But these nachos are, have become an obsession because I'm so hungry. (laughs) (laughs) So that's like, that's like your one thing. It is. I don't, I don't drink soda. I only drink water and, you know, a glass of wine at night. And like, I don't drink soda ever. And that's partially because my brother has been, has had, um, what are they? Kidney stones like three times now. Because Does he only drinks he only drinks Diet Coke. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, it's a big contributor to it. I probably drink soda twice a year, hmm. like maybe, and I don't even know why I end up with it. But I would say every time I do, I drink half. Yeah. Like I can't. It's just it's too sweet. Oh, it's can't way do too it. sweet. Yeah, I don't like to drink a sweet thing, no. a sweet thing. That's a sweet thing. I, potato chips, kettle chips specifically, I will probably die with my head wedged into a bag. <laughs> I could, I could just eat them until I vomit. I don't know why. I think, I think I got that from my mom, but that's like, if someone were to say, do you want dessert or a bowl of kettle chips? I will take the kettle chips oh, yeah. every, every single time. time. Every time. doesn't even matter what the dessert is. I will always take the chips. Yeah. But I'm okay with that. Yeah. I don't eat them all the time, you know, but I love them when I have them. And I eat way too many. <laughs> way too many. I think I mentioned that Lita has an oyster cracker problem. No, but oh those, that's God. a good, that's a good problem. Well, I have to buy the, um, the cheap brand because the, who makes saltines? Saltines? Um, no, it's a... Uh, is it Nabisco? Nabisco. Something. I think well, it is. Whatever the, the, the regular oyster crackers that you would normally buy are like $3 for like a bag. She'll eat that in a day. That um, big bag? Yes. Y- okay. I'm so not kidding. this is, is not going to be cost effective. But no. you, you, should, you should buy her one box of Trader Joe's oyster crackers. They are the best oyster crackers I have really? ever had. Oh, God, they're so good. I mean, if she can eat a bag in that amount of time, oh, yeah. this box will not last a sitting. 
but it will change her opinion on oyster crackers in the very best way. Okay. God, they're oh. so good. I didn't even know they had oyster crackers there. They do. I, I guess I have not bought them in a while, but they, I mean, last time I bought them was definitely this year and they're in a, so they're like with all the rest of the crackers and they come in a box and I mean, they're definitely more expensive than the bag because they just are, but they're like puffier and oh, they're so good. You just eat them by themselves? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like I could, I could easily just plop down beside Lita and eat my own bag. <laughs> I, I, it's again, it's like the savory snack. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Marlo will actually put him in a bowl and then <sighs> I can't trust her with the Nutella. Oh God. <laughs> because, she eats them with Nutella. Oh, she dips them in Nutella. Yeah. Oh man. It's really good. <laughs> it's, yeah, it sounds amazing. But she will take a, a spoon and she will take out probably like 17 ounces of Nutella um, and like have four, four oyster crackers with it. <laughs> oh, see that? I can't, I can't do that. Mm-mm. I could dip them because that's like just the perfect amount yeah. of sweet. Oh, no, we got I into think... a discussion mm. the other night at dinner about dipping your french fries into your frosty at wendy's are you pro or anti oh god i'm from the south i am fucking pro man are you kidding me (laughs) oh yeah oh yeah hell yeah so good and i kind of think that it's like the only combination that works it doesn't really work well with the mcdonald's shit but like wendy's french fries in a chocolate frosty are fucking amazing you just dip them oh yeah yeah. yeah. Like, especially like right when you get them, when the fries are really yes. hot. Yes. Yeah. And I, I'm going to say it. I think anyone who thinks it's not good, most people have not actually tried it. Yeah. Because everyone I've had try it likes it. Mm-hmm. But a lot of them are like, no, that sounds, sounds nasty. I'm not going to, not going to eat that. <laughs> like, it may sound that way. It may it sound is not. It will change your life. It will totally change your life. (laughs) I haven't done that in a while. Well, so that's the solution. If you just stop eating fries and nachos, you're going to be just fine. I mean, just fine. Take some vitamin D, some B12, some something serum. You'll be set. Yeah. CBD oil. Sorry. CBD oil. CBD oil. Yes. But if you're in Colorado, you can do other things. <laughs> That's, that is very true. <laughs> and soon in Illinois. Yeah. There actually, there's a bill on the ballot or something like in either in Oregon or in Washington state where they're going to make possession of mushrooms legal. Really? Oh, yes. And before we end this episode, oh God, Michael Pollan wrote a book about mushrooms and psychedelic drugs and how he thinks that mushrooms and psychedelic drugs in general are sort of a gateway to mental health and our idea about life and death like a gateway in a good way yes almost like a portal into like a higher um awareness of life and he wrote a huge book about it and i think a lot of the research is why washington is thinking of making possession of of mushrooms legal that's interesting. I've, I've heard that argument. I respect him a lot as a mm-hmm. writer, but I was talking to a friend of mine recently who is, and had, has been for a long time, very pro marijuana. And I'll, I have to get this podcast recommendation from him, but I believe the host, I don't know if he's a pharmacologist or a chemist. I don't remember what his, his background is, but the whole, the focus is on drugs, whether they're prescription drugs or over the counter or natural. And he maintains that there are no bad drugs. There are only bad dosages. Mm. And he maintains that for things like cocaine, heroin, because historically they've all had medicinal purposes. Right. The only exception, the only thing he has found absolutely no benefit or purpose for at all is meth. Is meth? Meth. Everything else, like he maintains that. But meth, he cannot figure out anything that is that is a positive at all at any dose. Interesting. Interesting. Which I don't know a lot about that world, but the bit I do know 
supports that claim. Because meth is some nasty shit. Yeah. Well, apparently there was a lot there was a lot of research being done in the 40s and 50s around psychedelics and their being used to treat anxiety and depression. But because of the 60s and what happened, people freaked out about it. And the research stopped being funded. But Michael Pollan actually did a deep dive into all of these experiences, like ayahuasca and mushrooms and acid and LSD. And, you know, he did all of it and wrote about his experiences. And, and he talked to people who, whose, whose lives had been transformed by what they experienced. He talked about, and on the Reddit boards, sorry, I'm going on long, but a guy was talking about how he microdoses with mushrooms, meaning he takes like one or two every three days, and it's completely turned his depression right around. He's like so much better. Huh. It's so fascinating to me to read about it. That's really interesting. Yeah. I'm going to read the book. Is it's new? Um, I think it came out last year. Okay. Yeah. I'll see, because I, I had found an article, um, it, was, it was not negative uh, at all, but it was interesting because it was talking about the legalization of marijuana and how we're just legalizing it, but there's really not any testing or regulation done on what happens. And the, the reason that he was writing this was that when you look at prescription drugs in the FDA, there's like rigorous tests. I mean, sometimes decades to make sure that things perform the way they perform. But with marijuana, it's just legalized and you don't really know what is out there. So the kind of the point was that not that we shouldn't legalize it, but that we should strive to understand it rather well, than just well, they, flipping a switch. They do understand some of the strains and with the strains will, or, you know, some strains affect the body, some strains affect the mind. Um, some are combinations of both. The dosages will fuck you up if you're not careful. They know these things in the shops where they sell it. They have literature. You know, the labeling is very, very explicit, um, which is what I think needs to happen. I mean, in Amsterdam, like, they're so knowledgeable about all of it and how everything goes down, and which was very helpful, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's I think it's helpful anyway, but especially for people who are as it becomes legal, I mean, it becomes legal here the first of the year. And that means there's going to be a bunch of people who either haven't, haven't used it in a long time or have never used it that are curious. So you need that information. Mm -hmm. I mean, it would be like someone who's never used, who's never consumed any alcohol at all and knows nothing about it walking into a liquor store when there's no information. Oh, yeah. Oh. You don't know the difference between whiskey and gin? Like, it, may, it doesn't mean anything Dude, to you. The, the second drink that I ever had was a Long Island iced tea, and it was as big as a fucking, like, big gulp. I had and no And those idea. are just liquor. Yeah. Like. I had no idea. And I got a third of the way through it and was drunk. And the guy I was with didn't know anything about alcohol, and he let me finish the whole thing. I was he, sick he for, like... He didn't know anything about alcohol? He didn't know anything. Uh. I had, like, I was sick for, like, four days. I could have died. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah. So, anyway, that was a ramble today. Well, but we kind of, we, we pulled that around. With, and actually, that's a lie. We we went from laundry to food. So, to food. You know, to we'll just call it a comfort episode. A comfort, yeah, exactly. There we go. And as always, we would love to hear your stories and opinions on cold leftovers really mostly opinions on cold leftovers cold leftovers and if you have any good nacho recipes i just saw one made out of potatoes oh my god oh yeah like potato chip nachos yeah oh yeah those yeah. are those are amazing so if you have any good nacho recipes we'd love to hear them so that i can get even more sick <laughs> yes or or like weird cold leftovers like things yeah. that you think make you strange Mm -hmm. We want to hear that. So you can email us that at uh, stories at manicramblings.com. Or you can find us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings. And of course on Patreon to help support the show. And that's patreon.com slash manicramblings. Yes. 
And until next time, God damn, I'm so hungry. <laughs> so hungry. <laughs> cheese nachos, here I come. That's right. Cold cheese nachos. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art, and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.